even the people who testified under oath. So let me ask you this. No, no, go ahead, Mr. I'm listening to you. People under, you get three and a half million Hello, and welcome to the News Cycle. I'm Katrina Hawes, and I'll be your host for today. It's Monday, October 5th. Over 70 million people tuned into the first presidential debate on September 29th. Good evening from the Health Education Campus of Case Western Reserve University and the Cleveland Clinic. I'm Chris Wallace of Fox News, and I welcome you to the first of the 2020 presidential debates between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Local high school students with a range of political views were generally unimpressed by the performance of both candidates. My name is Dante Romero, and I'm a senior. I'm Eliana Enriquez, and I'm a senior. I'm Nicole Fowler. Um, I'm a senior this year. I'm Percy Dimson, and I'm a sophomore. My name's Sean Lehman, and I'm a senior. If I'm being totally honest, I don't think either of them was at the top of their game. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of it was kind of a clown show. What it really boils down to is who can like demonize the other candidate more more than who can really you know explain themselves well. I'm talking about racial issues. I think both I, it was really disappointing for both candidates. I think that Joe Biden's heart is in the right place, but I don't think he has the policies yet to really jump on fixing the systemic issues. I just hope that. Um, people were able to understand what was going on and not be influenced by the constant um, aggressive and like bullying remarks. I think just the way that the two men were just like debating was just so unprofessional. Like I want to say it was worse on Donald Trump. I think he was being a lot more disrespectful than Joe Biden was, but I think it was, it was hard to watch. It was like they're both just talking for minutes on end at the exact same time. You can't understand either of them. The last two minutes that each uh, like candidate is like guaranteed no one talks through. Trump has to talk, and he's just shooting himself in the foot. Like he's gonna. I honestly believe that he's gonna lose voters because of how just like disrespectful. But I will give him credit. He doesn't back down. He stays true to who he is. Frankly, I think Joe Biden uh, did the best in the debate, and I think he won just because the way he was able to assert himself and assert his ideas um, despite Trump's constant remarks and constant cut-ins. Me personally, uh, I kind of fall a little more conservatively with my political views. If I had to declare a winner for the debate, I would say Joe Biden strongly. Because if you really look at it, I mean, he was the only one really talking policy-wise. I think it's a tie because there was just a lot of back and forth and it seemed really confusing to me. And it just wasn't structured very well. We're not going to get anywhere unless we can really come together as Americans. So at the end of the day, that's what we all are. To get an expert perspective on the presidential debate and upcoming political debates, I spoke with Isaac Hale, a political science professor at UC Davis, who is currently teaching a course on the 2020 election. So welcome to the news cycle. I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Katrina. And so can you describe sort of the debate strategy we saw from Donald Trump and Joe Biden? And were they successful in this and their execution of that? Yeah, so I think uh, I think the president's 
strategy was to interrupt, shout, and redirect when asked about his weaknesses, namely his COVID response, his association with white supremacists and taxes. And I think he executed that strategy as, as he planned to. I think that um, it's a familiar strategy from President Trump and he seemed to be in fine form when it came to that strategy. But was it a good strategy? I don't really think so. Uh, viewers didn't seem impressed. Again, the perceptions in the post-debate poll indicated by a seven point margin that voters thought that uh, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden did better. So I think he executed his strategy, but I don't think it paid off for him. Um, I think Vice President, former Vice President Biden, by contrast, seemed to be thrown off by Trump's aggression, clearly getting sidetracked and at times visibly annoyed. Uh, at one point, he told the President of the United States to shut up, uh, right? So he got, I think he was clearly a little bit thrown. Um, I think it worked well, uh, Vice President Biden's strategy worked well enough. Uh, a plurality, though not a majority of viewers of the debate, thought that Biden was the winner. Uh, but Biden hasn't been a great debater in 2020. He's certainly not as fiery as he was back in 2012 when he deba debated Vice, Pre Vice Presidential nominee Paul Ryan. So I don't think it was a great debate for Joe Biden, but I think it was good enough and clearly voters were not impressed by the performance of the president. Um, and so what role do debates play in our electoral system here in the United States? Formally none. Um, so let me go ahead and put on my political scientist hat here. So in terms of the electoral system, debates play no role. Uh, if we want to talk about more broadly the role of debates in the election, I'd say their role is fairly minimal. Debates are not required by law or the Constitution, and they're negotiated and agreed to by the presidential candidates on an election-by-election election basis. Then why do we have debates? There, well, first off, there's an expectation that we have them. Right? I think at this point, it's mostly tradition. And I think for most of the candidates, it's optics. Oftentimes, the losing candidate wants to have more debates. The, the candidate who's behind in the polls wants to have a lot of debates. We saw, for instance, uh, this time that uh, President Trump has said he would like to debate uh, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden as many times as he can. He, he talked about having something like 40 debates, if I'm not mistaken. Um, after watching the first debate, I do not think I would like there to be 40 debates. Um, but the reason is the debates are a lot of free coverage and a free media for the candidates. And that's something that both campaigns like, but it's particularly something you would like if you're the candidate who's behind in the polls, like President Trump is right now. So political science research shows that debates don't usually affect the outcome of the election. Uh, the polling bounce the debate winner gets is often short-lived if there's any bounce at all, and it almost never carries through until election day. And there are people's opinions about these candidates are for the most part so baked in already that they really tend to have a, mi a minimal impact, really. So a far bigger question, I think, is what President Trump's COVID diagnosis me means for the campaign. He's going to be off the campaign trail for weeks in the last month of the election, and it's an open question about whether the two other scheduled presidential debates are even going to happen. I think it's really an open question, just what kind of impact this is going to have, right? Will there be a sympathy bump for uh, President Trump in the polls? Will he be able to campaign? Will him not campaigning make a difference? It's been the explicit strategy of the Biden campaign not to do a lot of traditional campaign things like public speeches or door knocking, um, so, you know, it, it seems in that way that the Trump campaign, maybe for the next couple of weeks, will look a little more like the Biden campaign. Um, I think the really big question is, what if this is more serious than it seems? 
right? There's a really kind of serious constitutional question about what happens if President Trump, uh, if he, what, what, what happens if President Trump wins the election but is unable to serve, right? There are provisions in place for that kind of circumstance, but if he were to drop out before the election or before the Electoral College was decided, that could create some real constitutional uncertainty and it would be an unprecedented situation. And how do you anticipate the dynamic of the vice presidential debate will differ from the dynamic of this first presidential debate? I think it'll be very different. So there are a lot of factors at play. Obviously, Mike Pence and Donald Trump are very different people. Um, we can think back to Mike Pence's debate with Tim Kaine in 2016, which I think I, many people would agree with me that, is a, that was a fairly snoozy affair. I certainly don't remember many things from that debate. Um, and I think that Mike Pence is a you know, much lower energy, much, much less bombastic figure than Donald Trump. I think it's also going to be interesting to see Kamala Harris. She's someone who in the Senate, uh, as her role on the Senate Judiciary Committee, has proven to be someone who's very, very good at interrogating people, at really cross-examining uh, someone across the table from her. But we also saw in the Democratic primary debates that uh, the voters weren't very impressed by her performance a lot of the time, and she seemed to be a little bit stuck between differing policy positions, not quite sure whether to come off as more progressive or more moderate. And I'm not sure which version of Kamala Harris we're going to be getting in that debate. Uh, my hunch is that now that she's the vice presidential nominee for the Biden campaign, and she's, you know, affiliated with his campaign platform, she's going to be more confident and more assertive than she was in some of those later primary debates, but it remains to be seen. Um, I also think that all eyes are going to be on Vice President Pence in that debate because the question, of course, that's on the back of everyone's mind is what happens if the president's health takes a turn for the worse? Well, in that case, Vice President Pence would be the one to step into those shoes and act as president. So I think there will be extra attention on the vice president and questions about his capacity to serve in the presidential role if something uh, if something were to happen to President Trump. Great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me on, Katrina. It was a real pleasure. The news cycle is produced by the Blue Devil Hub in collaboration with the Davis Enterprise. Katrina Hawes and Jihan Moon are the producers. Our theme music is by Daniel Ruiz Jimenez. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.